Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it just, it just happened by accident. Yeah. It's like everything else in life. Everything else yeah. in life, right? All the Exactly. Wow, he, so he was being realistic. He said three years, you make six figures. Yeah. Yeah, wow, he, was, okay. he, was, he was he was very being very realistic about it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good. What's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Chris Sean Talks. Uh, this is actually going to be episode number three, but I didn't upload my other episode yet. So you're actually, you're episode number two. Uh, and <laughs> so on this episode we have right now is Yihua, who is a lead software engineer at, which company is that again? You are a lead software engineer at Bonsai, which is a really cool name. I don't know the name. Of the, I don't know the company, but that's a cool name. And you're also an instructor for Zero to Mastery, right? Yeah. Nice. Well, Ayo, Yihua. I really appreciate you being on here, dude. It is. I'm excited to have you here. I was worried that I would have to wait until I think September or October to have you um, on this podcast because you're going to do some traveling soon, right? Or vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to be here, especially to talk a little bit about uh, how you went on your journey too. I'm I'm kind of going through like a similar kind of transition myself. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely interested in more and more this, uh, I guess, a conversational aspect um, that you've d- managed to do for yourself in your career. So I, I, I know it's meant to be, I guess, I don't know if it's an interview for me, but like, I, I'd love to just <laughs> it's, it's have a, a, co- a, really it's a conversation. conversation. It's a conversation. I mean, yeah, if you want to interview me, it's cool, but <laughs> it's a conversation, right? I talk about anything and everything. Well, first of all, I mean, people are here because they also want to hear about you as well, right? Um, but so right now, I, I am curious you are a lead engineer how long have you been doing software engineering by the way uh just over eight years now eight years now okay so you got experience and now you're an instructor for ztm which you've been doing for about what two years i think yeah a little over two 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 and a half years two and a half years okay so you're an engineer for five years right you decided to to become an, uh, an instructor for ZTM, and ZTM's only been around for like what four years, five years. It was hasn't been maybe around. less, maybe less. Maybe less. So you were you the second instructor? Yeah, I was after Andre. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're you, you're an engineer for X amount of years. Why did you decide to do this? Is it because you just knew Andre, right? The Andre that never shows his face anywhere on the internet. <laughs> just happened to know him. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because uh, me and Andre had worked together actually at this great Toronto startup. Not even oh. a startup, sorry. Uh, a great Toronto um, developer shop. Yeah. Uh, called Wrangle. We're consultancy. Actually, that's what we were. Um, and mm. at the time, I was consulting for a client that was based out of Spain, but I was living in Amsterdam. So for Wrangle. At the time, I had some uh, visa issues that were not really uh, resolved. It was like a complicated kind of situation. So I was actually out there and I had to quit my job at Wrangle due to my visa issues. Um, And I had six months on my hands before 
me and my partner at the time, we were going to move to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so in the time I was like, well, you know, I've always, I actually, before I became even a software engineer, I was a, uh, instructor for like athletes. I was teaching them how to do like Olympic lifting, strength and conditioning training. Oh, so do you, do you body lift and et cetera now? Yeah, I still do. Nice. I do it, but at a much at a much less degree, of course. Do you have a home um, gym, or do you do prefer to work out at a gym? I do a mix. I have a uh, couple friends who I have a lot of workout equipment with that yeah. we work out there. But then I'll go to a gym as well. It just really depends nice. on the mood of it. Um, but at the time, I was thinking actually about doing like uh, something in the fitness space, mm. um, mm-hmm. but in terms of video content, because I I knew that at the time the course e learning thing was starting to really bubble. Um, but then luckily for me, actually, one of my other colleagues who was actually my my lead on uh, multiple projects that we had done at Wrangle, he got reached out to by Andre, and then Andre passed on that opportunity to me through his referral, okay. this uh, lead engineer, Abdella. So th- it was like very serendipitous because I thought about doing video content stuff. Andre was looking for an instructor and then just happened through our connections. Wow. Uh, that's how I, I got. So it just, it just happened by accident. Yeah. It's like everything else in life. Everything else yeah. in life, right? All the Exactly. But the thing is the opportunity came, but you were ready for the opportunity though, though, right? Like it's not yes. like the opportunity was there. You had no experience in engineering whatsoever. You had the experience and, and et cetera. And boom, he took a chance on you. So hold on. Why did he choose to work with you? What Andre? Was it? Yeah. What was it? Like what um you had no experience I, prior to that. Because I saw you no. do some stuff in Udemy. Maybe that was with Andre. I don't know. That was with Andre. So oh, okay, we did okay. Udemy and then Andre started Zero to Mastery um, mm. afterwards. I actually came in just as he was thinking about starting Zero to Mastery because yeah. of the rocket ship that he built that is, you know, Zero to Mastery yeah. now. But at the time, I believe, I think one big reason um, is because Andre and I always had good conversations with each other, even though yeah. they were kind of brief. That helped. But secondly, um, and this is all props to Andre. He himself was willing to take a chance. Like he knew what he was um, looking for to some mm-hmm. degree. And I think just based off our connection to some degree, he was like, okay, let me try it out. Let me see how it works. Because I was the first instructor he, uh, other than him that he took a risk on, right? Yeah. And whether or not the students was going to be warm to me or welcome me was a risk that he was taking in the first place. Um, but I think one other really large factor is the fact that a lot of us from Wrangle really trust each other. Wrangle was like a very mm. special place for almost all of us who have been there. Yeah. It's like the moment that we hear, oh, you're ex-Wrangle, it's like a huge stamp of <laughs> approval. It's just like we all went through so much together at that company because yeah. it's a phenomenal company that really bred like very stellar, well-rounded engineers. So I think that really helped. It's kind of like there was enough... You know, it's kind of like, I guess, in the US, if you guys are like Yale grads, it's like you guys have like yeah. a just got that thing. camaraderie. Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. So, I mean, the thing is, though, like that risk that he took on you, uh, you know, that could either cause the company to fail or and et cetera, succeed. Um, what is, I mean, but then again, that depends on your commitment. Like, you don't know how well this can go. You don't know where ZTM's going at the time. You're the, you're the second instructor. I'm not sure if Mackenzie was around yet as a COO at the time. Uh, no, not yet. Right. So, uh, but, you know, for a CEO is important though, because I have my own business now, and it's bringing like twenty five to fifty k per month right now. And wow! Like, I am going crazy. Like, yeah, because I work twenty hours a well, it feels like twenty hours a day, um, maybe like eighteen hours a day, right? So hundred hours a week minimum, 
And so running wow. the business, focusing on the money aspect, the sponsorships, the marketing, uh, I'd rather focus, this is my YouTube channel, the sponsorships and stuff. And like, so I had to hire someone who's like a CEO, who's not, but he actually gets a percentage of whatever I make, not just a salary. And I could see why it's so important in hiring people who can help me make content. Like he hired you to help, you know, create content because doing all this stuff is so difficult. And, and so I see the importance of the first people you hire are extremely important. I fired two people already because if they're, mm. they're not going to help right away. Like what I learned from Gary Vee, who is the reason I did YouTube, you hire mm. fast and you fire fast. If they don't, if you don't see them helping right away, you know, um, you have to let them go. And that's, that's it's going to affect my pockets in the future too. So the, so what I'm trying to bring up is the fact that he chose to hire you shows a lot of trust. Right, that's a big deal. Seeing where his ETM is now, with how many employees? Fourteen employees right now. Yeah, and then probably even more instructors. I think the instructor count is really high. I haven't gotten <laughs> the new number, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's either twenty or more, or yeah. close to. It. It's somewhere lingering there. It's crazy. I mean, it's a rocket ship, right? Yeah. Um, I think one thing that helped was that Andre and I before at Wrangle, before we both became. Uh, software engineers. We were actually both entrepreneurs ourselves. So I totally relate uh, to you on that yeah. part about um, hiring fast know. and firing fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had my own gym. I mean, I, I that's why I totally understand. Yeah. That's actually one of my dreams. So I want to create a boot camp that, teach, that teaches people for free where people can go for, like mm. legit boot camp if I produce that enough money, right? Um, Or get, you know, if my channel does well, get companies to sponsor that so I can pay the instructors. And then, um, then have my own gym. Literally, just like for a coding me. boot camp. Yeah, code, legit coding boot camp. Um, I I was a part of actually a big one that was free. Uh, really, in Toronto. Yeah, it was called Bridge. It's not around anymore. Yeah. But at the time, <laughs> well, if it was free. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. <laughs> but it what it, it wasn't actually the uh, it wasn't the money that was the problem there was like some other like mm, political okay. issues that came up but it was very very successful because it primarily helped um women and people mm. of color find a foothold into the industry and yeah. its model was very interesting and it worked it was actually that, very that, very successful that's definitely the goal and i think that's what i'm really passionate about because you know it took me a long time to reach a six-figure salary because there was no one to guide me it took me a long time to find a decent uh, to find a decent job or negotiate because there's no one to guide me. And so that's my goal to be able to help people, right? If not, um, maybe just offer a lot of scholarships for people who can afford it, can pay, et cetera, right? So I don't know how that works, but that's my end goal because I just love helping people in, in general. But that's awesome though. So you so you know what it takes to 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 work, the kind of work it takes to make something succeed, right? Um, and, and the way I see things, and this is what I, when I spoke with Andre, because I had a meeting with him, we were talking about maybe I can help with the YouTube channel. Our, my interview, it was supposed to be an interview, but it felt like um, I was interviewing him <laughs> because I just asked him so many questions. It went from a 30-minute interview to a 60-minute just conversation about YouTube and business. He's super passionate about it. And and I could see, I mean, if you were, you know, that, that had that entrepreneurial mindset, I could see why he hired you too. So how has that been though, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm stalking you right now. I'm looking at your LinkedIn. So you were at your current company for one and a half years. Prior to that, two, two years in one month, you've been at DTM for almost three years. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, so you, you switch jobs like a normal engineer every year and a half to two years, like everyone does. I switch job maybe every 10 months. Shoot, I hope no my, no, my boss doesn't listen to this. But like, so you're still at DTM, why? Uh, I mean, I really like working with Andre and ZTM. Andre mm -hmm. really lets me kind of do the creative side. Yeah. Or I guess like in my, in my side of it, um, just the kind of work that i want to do which is mainly doing the courses yeah. he built this machine around us instructors so that 
they find us opportunities like this one that I'm having with you right now on this yeah. podcast. They presented it to me about whether or not I want to do it. There were numerous other opportunities as well. And it's not just Mackenzie. There's like Scott. Um, yeah, Scott. And mm -hmm. he, he was actually part of our, our conversation um, when he connected us. So oh, yeah. it's really just there's so much that gets done behind the scenes to make this whole thing work, right? From the mm -hmm. marketing to the ideas. Um, I actually built our current iteration of the website, Zero to Mastery, with uh, a really? developer team. Yeah, in ZTM. Nice. Another Wait, time we were you're not you're not out. using um I I hold on you mean the homepage not the is that CRM C whatever it is. uh you put the landing page you called it that or the, the, everything the entire... yeah so there's 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 essentially I'm... two parts of I guess yeah. like zero to mastery there is the student portal which yeah, is portal. like the landing page the blog um the career path uh and some other stuff that we're constantly working on. And then there is the actual academy. So the academy, mm -hmm. we use uh, a third-party tool called yeah. Teachable for. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Teachable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I had worked on that prior with um, the team internally to develop that solution. Nice. Yeah. So that was kind of uh, just always the great thing, as I was saying about the culture of Zero to Mastery, is just that there's Andre's got ideas and he's also got um, this very fervent passion for not only the business, but importantly, like your happiness. He really cares he, that you're, yeah, you're happy can, doing what you're doing. There's even a course on happiness. Yeah. On <laughs> yeah. There's a course on happiness yeah. on DTM. <laughs> Andre, Andre's always been like, hey, if you want to do this, you can do it. If you don't want to do yeah. it, that's fine, right? Like you yeah. can find you can, if it was in any way that we can work together. If not, right? Like, you know, we're still friends, right? Like that's mm. that culture is very important, right? Yeah. And over working with Andre, it's just so easy, right? Like even the fact that I'm able to do this huge uh, indefinite amount of time where I'm about to go traveling and et cetera and nice. work on some of my own stuff. I mean, Andre's yeah. always been supportive of that. He's always that been trying amazing. to push push that for all of us, right? Just to have like this kind of lifestyle. That is amazing. That, that That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's hard to find too, right? And and. I mean, unfortunately, I have that in my current full-time job. Um, I'm not sure how long I'll be here, but I love it. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, so before we continue on talking about all the things that you're doing, even I want to talk about like what you plan on doing for the next month or so. The fact that we had to do an interview so soon is pretty funny. But um, what 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 were you doing before tech? Right, like you you were a software engineer. Did you do the normal route where you went to college, got your four-year degree, became a software engineer, self-taught, boot camp? Yeah, so uh, before I became an engineer, I was actually a, as I mentioned, I was an Olympic lifting instructor. I had a gym. Um, I had a partner that I was working with, um, and we were primarily training hockey players. And Do you know this drink if you like working out? Do you know, do you know 3D energy? No, I, no? I don't. I've been, I, I feel like I've been out of the space for so long. I don't wait, really keep wait. like you wanted, an eye in But it. didn't you want to do like a finish? You don't know Christian Guzman or Max Schooning? Uh, I think I've heard of the names. These are kind of, I think, oh. like the newer fitness influencers. Oh, okay, right? true, true. Okay, yeah. They, um, yeah. No, they kind of. I know OG some now. of the ones. Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are they? Are they? Yeah. Oh, I actually don't know. Oh, I think wow. like. I think the ones that I know now are maybe like Greg Dowsett, um, mm -hmm. Jeff Nippard. Yeah. Um, more plates, more dates. Derek, right? Like it's. For sure. I think that I. I think they're probably. I think they're more of the science backed. Yeah. Uh, like really so the ones I watch were like the vlogger fitness YouTubers. yeah yeah okay. I, I i didn't that do that sense. i didn't do we're getting to those ones okay um, cool you saved time nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Um, so before that, I was doing that, um, and I just happened to meet uh, at my ex girlfriend's at an ex girlfriend's party um, the CEO of Bitmaker, which was mm. a Toronto based boot camp. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I had developed like mild sciatica because I was the only person really doing all the Olympic lifting for yeah. all of our athletes. So I was doing maybe like eight hours a day of Olympic lifting, which is very <laughs> aggressive on the lower back. And I learned a lot of it myself, which is actually in retrospect, like quite, um, I guess, a little dangerous in that sense, yeah. uh, especially given the progress that we've made now in terms of the knowledge of how to get there. Uh, I've done a couple like courses with a couple people uh, to figure out like, you know, my technique and et cetera, et cetera. But um, it was just that I was the one constantly doing it. And you can't do that much training on that specific type of lifting. Um, so I was looking for a way out already. Uh, I met the CEO mm. and he told me, he's like, hey, you do our boot camp, and in three years, you could be making like a six figure salary. You don't need a prior. Wow, he, so he was being realistic. He said three years, you make six figures. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, he, was, okay. he, was, he, was, he was very being very realistic about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good. So <laughs> I started the boot camp, and then, you know, that's how it all started, right? Um, nice. There were other draws, of course. I think like the idea of remote living seemed, it seemed really appealing. Um, and other than that as well, I think it was just, uh, I don't know. I, I My degree is not in software engineering or engineering. My degree is in philosophy and political science. But my philosophy specialization was in logic and rational thinking. Which is perfect. Um, Which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think in terms of that, there, I saw a lot of overlap in the way that programming and then these kind of like logical axiom calculations were. In fact, they were they're almost used exclusively in as a baseline for a lot of computer engineering, um, mm -hmm. at least at the very base level. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And then from there, that's kind of how I started. Nice. That's awesome. And and so that was what five years ago? No, you said you you've been in tech for eight years, right? Eight yeah. Years. So that was about eight years ago. That was eight years ago. So compared to what you thought your life in tech would be, compared to now, right? Like for example. I was living in my car six years ago. Wow. Now, like, you know, like money's not a problem. I, but the thing yeah. is, I never thought I would ever have as much money. You know what I mean? I, I never thought I'd be able to earn what I earn now. And mm. just the lifestyle of freedom. And if I'm not happy, find a new job. Well, maybe not in a recession. But after the, <laughs> after the recession, <laughs> find a job like that, right? Uh, um, it was like that until maybe literally a month ago. But um, how do you see, how is your life now compared to tech before? Because a lot of people who are watching this channel are people who are aspiring engineers, people who work in tech are still early in the career because I, do, I don't teach anything technical. Like everyone else does that. I let them do that. But like, you'll, how do you, how, yeah, how is your life now compared to before? Did you expect to be where you are today, et cetera? I think so i'm not gonna lie in the sense that like wow, i think my yeah i think a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit um always drove in my head that i i it was either i was gonna make it or i was gonna break it right yeah. like it was one way or the other um i mean i since i was like 13 i think i'd tried to be an entrepreneur i was like selling magic cards when i was 13 online Dang. i just always expected i think i just i didn't say i don't want to say expect but i think i just always anticipated that like i had to succeed no mm -hmm. matter what and software engineering was just one way for me to do it 
that yeah. was even why I jumped at the opportunity too, because I was like, hey, I mean, I'm I'm used to taking risks. Like, let me try it. Yeah. Worst case, I've learned something that I don't want to do, or I found something that maybe I'm not good at, and then I'll continue to figure out what I'm good at. Right. Like, I think yeah. so much of it is just trying to figure it out, and I guess it's kind of like that hustler's mentality. I mean, you must have it too in order for you to even get here from your car, right? Like that. Yeah. That's I mean, not I, I like didn't... an easy way to climb out of. I mean, my I grew up rich. Right, my parents were rich. Not anymore. They were, and they just didn't know how to handle money, huh. which I'm learning from that their mistake. Right. Mm. Um. So now they're not. I support them now, but um. But I grew up having everything, and so I was spoiled as hell. Like to the mm. point where we would have the most expensive cars, and I would think I was better than everyone, because that's how my parents uh. were thinking. That's how they thought. Oh, they got the they got the the cheap version, the poor version of a Porsche. You know, what I mean? like what what's the poor version of a Porsche? That okay, right? But then we lost everything. You know, I became homeless. It became humble as hell, and so like I never had that until I was living in my car, and until I had to ask my mom, who also barely had enough money to eat, for money so I can eat, right? And so like that's when my mindset completely changed. So I wasn't always like that until I lost everything, which I'm so thankful for. Mm. Because I feel like my family would be taken there forever. My my family's, you know, my kids, kids, and kids. That's that's I mean, that's the goal at least. So yeah, I didn't have that, but now I have that, which I think not a lot of people have mm. until you really understand how it feels like to have nothing, right? Um, if my parents never yeah. lost their business, that was making so much money, dude. Like I I I have no idea where I'd be right now. Like I'd just be playing games. I mean, it's not it's not bad playing games all day, but I wouldn't I wouldn't been huh. I didn't have a chance to grow up the way I had to, right? Um, no, that, yeah, that's, that's I, amazing though. I had a kind of similar experience. I think my dad lost this, uh, the first company that he had when I was around thirteen, which is probably mm. why I started to try and like find a way to make more money to try and. I mean, I was thirteen. I was just like, is there a way for me to support the family? I mean, I'm really good at Magic the Gathering. Maybe I can try and sell some cards, <laughs> and I actually ended up working pretty well. Nice. I sold like six thousand worth of cards when I was like thirteen. It was like I think that's, that's a lot of like, money oh, for I, a thirteen I, I might, year old. I might. That's a lot of money right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> and I gave almost all of it to my mom. Yeah, that's so, that's so nice. I gave you. almost all to my mom, and I was like, maybe, wow. maybe I could, maybe I could do something. So I guess, like, circling back to your question, right? Wow. Um, I think that's part of it. I think also, like, I grew up like so. I am a, I'm a first generation immigrant here, and I kind of learned English like watching TV and like listening to rap music, and I like really got into Jay Z, like really, really got. Did into you try Jay-Z, to write your own and, lyrics? Especially too? his first album. No, I always no. knew that rap was not for me. I'm very happy being a consumer, you know. Um, but it's very, ins- very inspirational. All that yeah. hustle mentality, right? That idea that you come from nothing, which I didn't. Yeah. I, I'm not going to ever say that I came from nothing. My parents are also very successful in their own right. And they gave me a lot of opportunity moving me here and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like there's a very distinct line I remember that I always resonated with um, about Jay. Actually, it's a, from a recent album. I have it tattooed, but I had I had a similar thought about his music back then. But I have yeah. a lyric of his tattooed from his latest album which is uh 444 uh-huh. uh and it's um lord we know who we are yet we know not what we may be so maybe i'm the one or maybe i'm crazy and it's just uh... like i've always loved that mentality right we know who we are now but we don't know who will be in the future I like that. so i'm gonna believe that i'm gonna be somebody one day or i'm insane but those are the only two options for me so it's like you know but that's the mentality Garage, you Dutch have to have like though to succeed like without that mentality, yeah, unless 100%. You, you force yourself to believe that, even though you do whatever it takes, even trick yourself to believe that, that is a mindset you need though, because it is normal to, and you know, it's normal to live paycheck to paycheck in America. It's normal to have yeah. to not be able to afford 
a flat to fix your flat tire oil change i i remember when i went to to get my labs done before i can you know at the doctors and someone was complaining that they had to pay an extra 20 bucks um to get their test i'm like that's only 20 bucks and, I re and then i remembered oh shoot that was me <laughs> a couple of years ago i just don't live in yeah. that you know what i mean like it's crazy the things people go through and like the thing is unless you have that mindset you'll you know hopefully you know you I mean unfortunately you might stay there unless you do something about it right it, you know what's really interesting yeah. you say that though because when we lost everything i got so used to just living paycheck to paycheck for like what seven years eight years that's all i knew and i thought that would be me for the rest of my life wow. um oh, i wow. ne i never had the mindset that like i would ever make good money i had the mindset all right i only you know i only could apply to customer service jobs nothing specialized living you know making 18 bucks an hour for the rest of my life which is not a lot in california not even close um i would never be able to afford a family i need to marry uh, maybe some girl who makes good money a pharmacist whatever to live that nice life <laughs> right uh i never thought that i would make it to where i am today and 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 especially as an entrepreneur, I feel like I'm a late bloomer when it comes comes to being an entrepreneur. Because I thought I wasn't one. And it's because I have an anxiety. And so because of that anxiety, I was always worried mm. of, all right, depending on, I'd rather have someone just give me the money, know it's coming in, knowing it's coming in. But I didn't realize that work ethic, the skill, the determination to push through when, like, even when everyone doubts you, I had all of that. And so now, like, now realizing the potential, even, though, like, for example, my YouTube channel. I'm really willing. So, okay. I received a job offer from Brex and Coinbase for $400,000 a year. And I said wow. no to it. I said no because I love my job. I even told my manager, um, Endeavor, at my current job, and I rejected it. He's like, why? <laughs> all right. Um, first of all, I don't ever do things just for the money. I do things because I love it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, now YouTube is making me more money than I do in tech. Right, like just just in sponsorships that I signed this month, it's twenty five thousand yeah. dollars in sponsorships alone, not including the affiliates of ETM, by the way, not including AdSense, not including my clothing line, etc. And like, it oh, is wow. it is scary to know that I'm making I'm about to make even more than double what I make in tech in one month. Like, why should I keep doing my full time job? And I'm so scared about that. But if this continues yeah. for the next two to three months, I'm willing to leave my two hundred fifty thousand dollar job to do YouTube full time. Number one, they'll yeah. pay a lot more, but there's all, it's also a higher risk because I could be making half a million dollars a year by next year if I wanted right, in tech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I it's, mean, it's I, scary, but the opportunity, like you don't get these opportunities every day. Yeah. And I think also the tech jobs are always waiting for you. You know always. what I mean? Like yeah. if, you, if you've gotten the offer once, you'll get the offer again, unless yeah. like this recession wipes out the entire industry somehow in some way that we can't even see i don't think this, this will point. affect content creators though because businesses so need content creators to get their stuff out there yeah but like let's say let's say right even, unless unless some apocalyptic event happens in tech like you're, it's always waiting for you you can always come back to this right yes and i might get paid a little bit lower when i come back but I'll, I'll just grow my income again grow my income and i could always come back yeah true Exactly. And it's a, it's a marathon, not, not a yeah, sprint, right? True. I think it's exactly as you were, you were saying about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me it's because number one, I support my parents, right? I help with their rent, um, whatever bills they need. Um, my fiance, I help support her now. I got two dogs and then now I have, um, how many employees? Three employees, not employees, the contractors, but yeah, three people who work under me who depend on me to put food on the table now. So all mm. these different responsibilities, having that extra, like, you know, 
X amount of dollars from my job to come in every month is that's consistent helps and then trying to build this business. But I feel like it comes to a point for me personally where if I keep working full time, yeah, I'm making this much money. Um, my current job will only limit me from succeeding that it's, it's a risk but i'm willing to take that risk I, I i am so we'll see but i mean so that's what i'm trying to say is i never thought i had that entrepreneurial mindset or courage i, I think you need and determination to do it and it's crazy to see that i do have that and um and 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 one thing i noticed about me is i'm I, like risks don't really affect me like quitting a mm. job with no job waiting for me, I don't care. <laughs> right, I, I'll mm. figure it out. Like it doesn't really affect me in the way I guess it does other people now. But yeah, so that, that's cool to um, just trying to show that I, I kind of do relate to that in a way where, yeah, you just figure out a way to make it work. And that, that's something I love doing. I'm addicted to it now. Well, I think a lot of it too is that like it's timing too, right? Like a lot Very of, true. I think I think there's a lot of this weird like hashtag entrepreneur culture that is very like toxic to people who think about being entrepreneurs because you mm. think that you always have to be a hustler or you always have to have the mentality. And I'm, I'm ironically saying this as somebody who like was telling you that when I was 13, I was like, oh, I got to be a hustler. But like you go through waves, right? Like some, I, I have way more failures trying to be an entrepreneur yep. than not. I've made like whiskey. I've tried to open <laughs> oh, a gym. Geez. Yeah, I've done like so many weird different things. Right. Because of this idea that like, I'm like, oh, I always got to be moving. But sometimes the opportunity is not right and you can force it or you can't. Right. Like, you know, what mm -hmm. I mean, like, I think you're also constantly growing as a person. You're always evolving from your experiences. And sometimes like in Chinese culture, we have a saying where it's like you need um, it's got to be the right people. You have to be mm -hmm. in the right place. And even when you have that, if it's not the right time, the timing of the heavens is not right. It's also not the right time for you, right? Yep. So I think that's the thing. So it's not to say that you never, you you were never, you know, you think, think you were an entrepreneur or you had the entrepreneur ability at the time. It's just that maybe the timing wasn't right for you. The opportunity yeah. didn't come in a way that like inspired you to take this shot and take this risk, right? And maybe yeah. if you tried back then, maybe that thing wouldn't have worked. But now it's crushing it, right? Yeah. Um, actually, on that note, my question for you, actually. So you 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 work a full-time job. This is with Airbyte, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As as a developer advocate. this is as dev dev right mm -hmm. so what you ha you have your main youtube channel yep <laughs> and a which second is, youtube channel what's what's your main uh christian and a second youtube channel yeah. what's chris, uh, so chris, chris sean, sean is gotcha. my main youtube channel um i just start so that channel's at 116k subs and you know interesting thing about my youtube channel i've been doing youtube since i've been documenting my journey from living in my car to where i am today on youtube so from when i got my first job to getting laid off, to getting a new job, to get to being um, for, from quitting a job in the spot twice, right? Um, shared everything, and so been doing YouTube for five to six years. YouTube never really paid well. Sponsors never really reached out, and you know I thought my channel was dead a year ago, mm. and so I figured you know what I'm just gonna try to upload content five times this month. Let's just see what happens. Boom, channel starts growing again getting more views than pieces on channels that have 500k subs hopefully it stays that way and so mm. when i saw how successful it was being um after uploading consistently again now three to four to five sponsors are reaching out every single week hey chris we'll pay you two thousand wow. bucks what two thousand bucks for a 60 second mention i used to only charge 300 bucks for this what's going on yeah <laughs> right um because i have the check mark now um and 100k plus subs and then now you know it went from making only three to four k a month from youtube AdSense sponsors to then 10 and now it's at 25 right now and the next month going up and up and up and so 
And the reason this is happening now, though, not just because I'm uploading consistently, I'm putting effort to actually make good content. My cinematic yeah. quality, my videos, I'm changing. Hiring a video editor, helping the editor improve, hiring a channel manager, hiring an assistant to respond to sponsorships because I can't respond to all, you know, like, so. And then now, like, I invested in $5,000 more of a camera equipment, right? So really trying to elevate that level. And so, like, yeah, so that's how the opportunity presents to myself. And the thing is, like you said, you can try so many things for years and it fails. I have friends who blew up on YouTube right after me. I have friends who are making more, who are making more money on YouTube than me. And I'm like, dude, I started YouTube before them. I share everything to my breakups. What's going on? This is not fair. And out of nowhere <laughs> now, out of nowhere, I make more money on YouTube than tech. I don't know. We're just like that. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you never know. But the thing is to be ready for those opportunities to come. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing too, right? That's life too. It's... Yeah. Uh, it often comes to you when you least expect it. It's kind of actually in a weird way been the weird lesson that I've been learning in my life, um, especially as of late. And I think like a lot of that, it's opportunity to anything. I don't even think it's just tech. Yeah. And I don't even think it's just business. I think just like in your regular life, sometimes when you're trying to force it, it doesn't come to you. And then when you kind of like <laughs> let go a little, then it suddenly yeah. comes to you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's the weird irony of life. I think there's actually a... I don't want to say I read about this recently and I think it's like a theory that like the more the harder you or sorry the less you look for something the more you find it I think it's a topic of love it's like when you're really trying to find your life partner mm -hmm. they don't they don't come to you the moment you stop looking suddenly they appear yeah I mean that happened to me too in my relationship no I, I agree <laughs> um and I think you know when you try too I don't know it feels like when you try too hard you make mistakes you you know I, I feel like if you just really let it come and you focus on just yourself and that all, everything else naturally comes. Even when it comes to YouTube, everyone, no, no one can say I got lucky on YouTube because I never had a viral video. I had videos that reached 700K views over three years. That's not viral, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. That's it. I never yeah. had a viral video. I had to do YouTube the long way. I had to do YouTube the long way, which I'm thankful for because, you know, people don't see, hey, this person has a million subscribers. He only gets 20, maybe. So right now I'm averaging 30K views per video, but he only gets 30K views per video for someone with a million subs. That's not good. Sponsors would pay even less, hmm. right? So now that I'm averaging mm. 30K plus per video, hopefully it goes up um, when you average out. Um, then sponsors pay more. So like, I'm really thankful for this opportunity, you know, but yeah. So you asked, yeah. So I do YouTube, two YouTube channels and I also manage everybody's YouTube channel. Why'd you ask that? Was there another question you had? No, I'm just, I'm just curious about the kind of yeah. businesses that you're, that you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Right? So, so yeah. So I that's like, um, yeah. Uh, if you want to, sorry, I interrupted you. I get so excited talking about YouTube. I love YouTube. <laughs> Wait, is there something else you were saying? No, no, I was just curious. Oh. I just wanted to hear it because I had read about yourself when i got presented this podcast opportunity um uh, except i don't think i just didn't see your main channel chris sean because i think yeah. you linked me your spotify and yeah, spotify the podcast that we're doing yeah yeah that's it and yeah. then i saw your airbyte uh i just read what was in the email like i watched that stuff so i mean it's awesome to hear that you've got all i didn't even know you had like this uh over a hundred thousand subscriber <laughs> channel you and know? you that's, decided that's to get a awesome. podcast that's really thank cool. you uh no thank you um yeah um so I had a hiring manager recently who reached out to me. I've been looking for one. The thing is, it's hard to find someone who's good. So this person reached out to me. I wasn't sure they were good and they're really good. And he presented all these business ideas and how we can, you know, generate more income and not selling out to the audience. So, you know, mm. and, and the fact that this person wouldn't. So I feel like when someone else negotiates for me and when I see more people to sponsors, 
in the email, it just shows that you you know you have kind of more power. You, you know, you have more leverage because you have a team behind you. It's not just one small creator; it's actual team. So I hired him to do that. And some business aspects that we're thinking of is a Patreon, right? But check this out: on the Patreon, for example, I'm gonna buy the new. Uh, what do you call that? What's the name of that monitor? Samsung Odyssey Arc. It's a uh, oh, the the G9. It, that 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 it's massive. like that. It's like a TV, but you can actually turn it like this angle. It's insane. It's oh, about thirty five hundred okay. bucks. I'm gonna buy that, and I'm gonna do a giveaway. I'm gonna give away that. I don't need the mm. money. I'm gonna give it away, but I'm gonna give it to away to whoever you know is on my Patreon, right? Yeah, um, and etc. Um. Uh, and that's one way to generate extra income, um, you know, on a path. So like business aspects like that, creating more content. And now these podcasts, and which I generally believe will do better in my main channel, hopefully down the road, more sponsors right there. Right. You know, so if I'm already doing 25, 30K per month on sponsorships with the podcast, not even including that, how much more would that go up? And, and the great thing about this is the fact that I get to make a living helping people. <laughs> Which is insane, yeah. right? Um, which is mind-boggling yeah. because, like, I was a kid. Who, I I have dyslexia. I grew up with a speech impediment. I couldn't even talk well. And now my job is to talk for a living, even for my full-time job, right? So, yeah, um, I do have a clothing line called Developer Branded, which I don't promote anymore. I should promote it. I'm going to work with a designer to create new designs, uh, make it more legit, um, and, and then start paying, like, legit YouTubers a salary every month to just wear my clothes on the channel all the time. On Instagram posts. Yeah. So that's another goal. Test it out with some legit um, Instagram people, YouTube, TikTokers, you name it. So, and so every, and that's why I try, I want to work full time as long as possible while I grow my business so that every dollar that comes yeah. into the business literally goes straight back into it. Cause right now I get, after taxes, I get about $12,000. That's a lot. My bills are only $7,000 per month. Right. So if I just live off that and have more savings, the less, the least money I take out of the business, the more I can use to grow and generate more income and more income. So that's my goal. Right. Yeah. Um, and I live, I live, I live in a no, really small house. That. I sold my Porsche for a Honda CRV because I'm like, nope, I just mm. want to spend as little money as possible. And, and then later, you know, when I'm 40, which is only five years from now, um, live a really nice life. Oh, damn. You look young, bro. Really? How do I, how old do I look? You 18? look mad young. Yeah. I think you're like twenty. I think like 25, 20, Oh, dude, that's why I have an ultra wide lens. <laughs> it doesn't show my pores. <laughs> my, 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 yeah, I still have hair though. I still have hair, so that's kind of crazy. No, appreciate that though. But yeah, so that's my goal, man. So enough about me though. Everyone knows about me on my channel. So you, okay, <laughs> full time engineer and instructor. How the hell do you manage that? Because I'm managing three YouTube channels. And I might hopefully can help with ZTM if they decide to go with me, which is a lot of work, but I love it. That's why it's fun and easy for me. But how do you do that, dude? Like full-time engineer and instructor, I hate doing tutorials. Like how do you manage all this? Um, I think for me, a lot of it, so it's two things, right? The first is that uh, I don't do, I, I, I think life comes in cycles. Um, and especially as an instructor, I think it's super critical for me, especially as an instructor, I primarily teach around the industry. Like I teach React mm. and I teach um, Cracking the Fang interview. Those are my two main courses. Um, and the next course I'm going to do is system design. Mm. And then the fourth one I think is ha is, is uh, senior software engineering, the non-technical parts. I think like mm. those next two, for me, I, I think like it's that. always been important to me that the person learning from me 
needs to know that I'm doing the thing that I'm teaching you, right? Yeah. Because if I'm not doing it, like for example, Carbon just come out and then there's Carbon tutorials, right? And mm -hmm. it's like, how you can teach the basics of Carbon, but you can't teach it to scale. You can't yeah. teach it in a work environment. You can't teach it in the different cases there might've been, right? Because you don't have the exposure yet. It's so new, right? Yeah. Unless you're from Google, then maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think like for me, it's always been important that I teach only, and this is kind of my absolute axiom for my teaching. I do not teach you something I do not believe in. Because I get student requests nice. all the time about this <laughs> library and this tool and this thing. And if I don't agree with it, I'm not going to teach it. Because I'm like, it's. I would rather not teach something that I don't believe in yeah. rather than teach you something just because you want to learn it from me. And so, I'm so, so grateful to all my students so, that are asking me for it. Even though it might generate you more income, why? Is it because you think you generally I don't think you'll, you'll create better, you'll bring more value in the content you create? I, I think with anything, right? Like you're constantly mired with self-doubt, right? We are yeah. mired with self-doubt. We have imposter syndrome. It comes from this, this, this career is known for imposter syndrome, right? Yep. Um, and I think it's especially important in order to combat that is... Imposter syndrome is kind of like you get backed into a corner where you're like, oh my God, maybe I don't know this, right? Or I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I, I'm unsure. And that lack of certainty is what gives you this insecurity. Mm. So for me, at the very least, if I like have a strong belief in this thing that I'm teaching, like one example is that I'm, I'm a fervent functional programming guy. Like for, for me, the paradigm that I believe in is functional programming. Mm -hmm. So if that is my baseline, as long as I'm teaching that, even if somebody disagrees and they're like, well, what about class-based? What about like another pattern, right? That's fine. Those are all viable solutions. I'm just not going to teach it. But if you were to put me in a corner and ask me about functional programming, I can die on that hill. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that for me is more important. I think like at the end of the day, the only way that we can not get lost in the sauce is you have to figure out what you're willing to stand for, right? You know that saying, like you got to stand yep. for something or you fall for everything. Yep. I'm a strong believer of that, especially in my coursework, right? Because um, a lot of times students will ask me, this new version of React just came out, right? Can you teach it to me? And I'm like, listen, I haven't seen it at scale. I'm not mm -hmm. comfortable teaching it to you because that's my thing. My thing is I'm going to teach you these patterns that are used at scale. Yeah. There are other instructors out there that will teach you everything with great depth and with great brilliance, right? As well, maybe even better than me, right? But for me to teach this thing, I need to be 100% certain that I've tested it. I've mm -hmm. tried it. I've proven it. And if I haven't done that, I'm just not going to teach it. It just, it's that just, is, I'm just so not huge. I mean, when people come to me and they ask me about why not Code Academy or my, my, why not Free Code Academy, the thing is, I've been recommending ZTM behind the scenes before I even knew you had affiliate mm. program. I was working with Treehouse for a long time, not working for them, but I, they were, I was, I was their affiliate. And they suck, <laughs> but um, and so behind <laughs> the scenes, because there was, behind, and then behind the scenes, whenever I meet people one by one, I'm like, you know, Treehouse is cool, but I really recommend recommend ZTM. I was recommending mm, you guys for wow. a long time before that. Oh man, and, and and the reason is because you guys don't, just don't teach what everyone teaches, and, and and the fact that you said that just I mean what you just said proves what I generally believe, which is that. You you teach what you teach, but you really go above and beyond that. But even on top of that, you teach things that people can generally use and help them actually get the job, which is so important. Everyone does a to-do list. Everyone does two tic-tac-toe tutorials. You name it, shopping cart list, calculator, whatever. But I generally believe, at least from what I've seen with the courses I've taken, 
that you guys actually do want to help your students. And of course, yeah, you want to collect money. <laughs> Who doesn't? But but you do that by generally giving them the best value. And I, I saw that after speaking with uh, Andre. Andre told me, Chris, I want to tell you something. Uh, I've taken every tutorial out there that you can think of because I want to learn from their mistakes and see how they succeed and how I can do it even better. Right. And so just hearing that from you as well was really encouraging to hear. Yeah, Andre's a beast. I mean, Andre is kind of really the one that always champions the student first, right? He's really that person who always says, you know, this is not as important. As long as the student experience is the best, that's what it is. And, you know, we we have... Disneyland experience. I can't speak for everyone else. I can only speak for me. I can only uh, speak, speak for me, right? I definitely have students who dislike... Sometimes they don't like my voice. Sometimes they don't like my inflection. They don't like the way I teach the topic. They want me to teach more, right? Like, there are definitely students that want that, right? Um, but I think a lot of it too, is you have to take that feedback, but figure out how to be true to yourself as well. Um, and I guess like regarding to your original question of how I manage the, like juggling both full-time and the other, I think for me, right? Like I, I, I work in, I work in bursts, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm not good at that, like long, super sustained, like consistent putting in that consistency every single day type. Yeah. Um, I have to, I know that I need to feel like that motivation, the inspiration. And the only way I feel that way is if I'm like, oh, I'm, I've reached the, the point where this is important for me to talk about or to teach it. Right. Yep. And then of course, like crafting a course or creating something around it, I have to know that I'm like, okay, if I were to do where I was before again, right. I'm going to make the thing that I wish I had. Mm. I wish I had at that time that would have gotten me here faster, which is what you were saying, right. Yeah. About, yep. um, Wanting to help others. It's the yeah. same thing. You were like, it took you a long time for you to get here. Let me help you get that faster. Yeah. I'm the same perspective about it, right? I was like, I wish I had this when I did this. Mm. Now, the other thing too, is that like we're locked into our certain business models, right? In terms of our pricing for either ZTM or for Udemy. So yeah. of course you have to make something that fits to some degree into that molding, right? Like I can't do this everyday thing because like I don't, like ZTM charges a subscription base, but I'm like, you know, we don't get, paid in that style right yeah and udemy you buy my course once it's it's you you get it forever right yeah uh i'm not like these other academies or like teachers who you consistently pay like a high price point right my udemy mm -hmm. course is like 15 dollars. you know what i mean by the time after like udemy takes a portion and every udemy like, whatever, takes a all lot. the fees you pay udemy takes yeah in the end you money. get like two dollars per course sale yeah, yeah so like to me i'm just like it's i'm just like it's volume is the game but more importantly mm -hmm. i'm like well at the end of the day what is the most value i can give somebody right who yep. is most likely going to be shopping in this field right like um there there's a degree right like we have to know our competitors and everything too right like uh, i think for me like uh in my opinion, if you're going to go into like a senior engineering and you want to really zero in on like JavaScript or whatever, I actually think like Frontend Masters has like very good content in that realm for like very tight, narrow industry experts mm. teaching you very specific things. Like if you were like, how do I know the most scalable patterns in um, TypeScript, right? Because you, you guys don't even have courses on that right now. No, no. Because, yeah. And that's the thing. I think for us, we're also trying to make sure that it's like, if we're going to do it, we have to, have to, have to know what we're talking about, right? Because exactly. if we were just going to learn it and then just teach it, what's like the difference else. between, <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like a charlatan, right? I feel like, a, you know, that's why to me, it's so yeah. important I work because I need my yeah. students to know, hey, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. I've gone out there. I've proven myself. It might take longer for me to yeah. finally put out this course for you. But at the very least, I'm going to give you the assurance that I've tried it out. I've tested it. This company's crossed over this value threshold with my patterns. So at the very least, 
There might be other patterns out there, but I can tell you mine works. And that's always been like my guarantee is that I guarantee you it's worked before, right? It might not work in every circumstance. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you the pitfalls of how that might happen, but I can guarantee you it's worked once. That's amazing. Um, I am the same way in regards to content now, right? Um, I used to upload content maybe three times a week, two times a week. Now it's one. If I go full-time YouTube, it'll be twice. But even when it comes to my content, I don't want to put out content just to put out content. I want to yeah. put out content. I think that would generally help people. There's a purpose behind it, if not a good story behind it, that they can learn something. That is my goal in every video, but now do it to a whole nother level, right? Um, That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I do have a few questions I want to ask real quick, like lightning, uh, lightning fast questions. I don't know what it's called. I don't, I don't ever do this kind of stuff. Lightning, lightning round. round. There you go. There you go. Lightning Thank round. you. Yeah. Lightning round. And I don't even have the questions of mine. I'm just going to ask them out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Um, how long will you be a full-time engineer rather than an entrepreneur? Like how long? What, sorry. Hold on. How long, when do you plan on quitting your full-time software engineering job and be full-time entrepreneur? I'm curious. What is that? The goal date? What, what is that goal for you? I'm definitely at a crossroad right now where I'm either going to the IC staff path, right? And deeper down that direction. Yeah. Or I have to switch towards management or I guess like a tangential kind of ladder change, right? Which is like a DevRel as you're doing or like a TPM yeah. or something like that, right? Or I start my own thing and then I see where that goes, right? I think it's a mix. Mm. Um as far as like being an engineer goes, I think I'll always do some of it to some degree while I'm doing coursework related to engineering, right? Yeah. Um, like, for example, I wouldn't quit my job as a lead dev if I was going to do a system design course, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'd have to have experience mm -hmm. and knowledge with scalable systems in order to have the confidence to even put that course out. I just don't yeah. have the kind of confidence in myself to, to, to teach something that I don't really know. Um, so that would be one thing, but it's also opportunities, right? Depends on what comes up. So I think yeah. it's really trying to, for me, it's trying to balance the responsibility that I'm holding myself to as well as the opportunities that present themselves. I'm just trying to see kind of like what what's happening. And this kind of will go, I guess we can talk about this, which is like this journey I'm about to go on is, is yeah. kind of part of this larger yeah. self. Um, yeah, and you motivated. said you were considering, Part I mean, you're just like considering DevRel, et cetera, because that's what I do, create content for a living. Um, I'll tell you this, unless you have experience creating content and what you do in technical tutorials, right, and you have experience, um, burnout is legit. It's real. And if you work under a manager that just pushes you every day, rather than understanding that you need to slow it down. Like whenever I travel to conferences, I'm going to conference um, this week to AWS Anaheim in, in Orange County, and I'm going to take a the mm. following Monday off, right? Um, and then I'm going to Paris and London for a month, a week and a half for a big data AI. I'm going to take the day off when I come back. And then in um, October, I'm traveling for three out of the four weeks. And I'm going to take maybe a week off after that. And I'm not even going to ask for permission. Yeah. Right. And so they're cool with that. Yeah. And so it's, it's a lot of traveling. And traveling's different. When you travel for work, it's right. totally different when you're traveling for yourself. Totally different. Now, I love the points. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love the points. The points and the amount of money I spend every month, like 5K a month on just credit cards that they reimburse. But I, those points are freaking amazing. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not easy. It's a I'll grind. tell you that. But I don't think people realize the amount, how much you can get paid. I know people who, get, who make $2 million a year. 
So wow. when I say two million, like maybe three hundred k base salary, rest in stock options. Stock options. Some people make that in cash, right? So for just a senior engineer, Brex was gonna pay me three hundred seventy thousand dollars a year. Uh, no, that was Coinbase. Brex was gonna pay me three hundred thirty k. At Coinbase, if I was gonna move up to staff, I would have made four hundred fifty k a year in just Devro, right? And of course, Coinbase is known for overworking you. Brex isn't. Um, right. So depending on the company, right. et cetera. But of course, the more money you make, the more you have to work. So for me, it's like I can make 50K, if not more. I know someone who has gets less views than me and he makes $100,000 a month on sponsors. So like I can work my ass mm. off for another tech company and make 300K a year, maybe 500, or I can build my own thing and make a couple million, right? So I, I don't want to lose that opportunity yeah. for myself personally. Um, That's ex that's exciting then. Oh, and so I want to ask oh, you one right. last question then. Um. Just talking about the courses you make and, you know, you pretty much help students, right, get in tech. What is the biggest mistake you see them make, right? Is there something that you see them always make that just frustrates you? Is there anything that really pops out when you think of this? For anyone going through those courses, you name it. I think there's, I mean, so it's, it's, it's a complicated question. There's a lot of pitfalls. I think one big one is just one main one for people trying to break in. So I'll, I'll, I'll give two. One for when people are trying to get in and you're not yet working as a developer. Mm -hmm. And then one once you start working. So the first one when you're trying to break in, um, one major one is you have to get really good at trying to figure out as much as you can, right? Like, and, and, and I don't mean just like the engineering mm -hmm. work. Like, of course, you have to get really good at that. Like, you have yeah. to learn how to Google the questions and get to the, as far as you can without asking immediately, like, what does this mean, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, people need to see that you've put in the work. Because if you don't, you're not going to make it in this industry. This industry yeah. is pretty much all of us trying to figure it out ourselves, right? It's a brutal industry, That's too. The if you, first if you don't bring that value. It's a brutal industry. Yep. I say it's like 10% people actually get a job, like people that are trying to break it through, right? Because mm -hmm. of this reason. I think it's more this than anything. It's like, can you, can I trust that I assign you this thing? You'll figure it out and you'll yep. let, and you know, like you'll come to me in a way where I'm like, oh, this is a justified question versus like, mm -hmm. I feel like you just didn't put the work in. Now, maybe you didn't because like you just crippling anxiety, whatever, right? But there are things that you have to kind of just figure out ways for yourself to overcome. You have to be yeah. more holistic as a person to get there, right? Yep. Um, but you have, you have to, but the only way to get that kind of opportunity is you have to try, right? You have to apply. You have to gun for it. You can't be crippled by your imposter syndrome. Yep. You have to find ways to show that you have value rather than if it's not just engineering, maybe there's other things you're good at, right? Maybe you're good at marketing. Maybe you're good at business or something. You got to show that you can help assist the business because they're business at the end of the day, right? Yep. And we're receiving a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. And they're trying to help, they're trying to hire you so that you can solve a business problem yep. through engineering, not so that you can just be an engineer, which bleeds into my second half, which is mm. like a common pitfall I see people that are becoming seniors, right? Is you get too attached in terms of your own identity and confidence with the quality of your of your code. It matters mm. 100%. You need to know what are good patterns or whatever, but yeah. there's a reason why there's a rampant, um, I guess chatter and there's there's a stereotype of engineers that are too engineering, right? They they they're too deep in the weeds of the engineering. Mm. They can't communicate with business, yeah. they can't communicate with non-technical stakeholders. You're over-engineering solutions, you're spending too much time, you know, doing doing this thing, doing that thing, right? Like it's about balance. Like of course, like, you know, coming from a non-technical background, you have a lot of insecurity about your technical knowledge. And 100% there is a very very deeply valuable and 100% required necessity 
to write good code, right? Scalable yeah. code. But at the same time, you have to know what corners to cut. Why are you doing this? How are you doing this, right? And like, primarily, how is this going to help the business? Should we even be building this, right? Yep. Is, there a, is there a tool that we should use instead of building this from scratch? Is there a way that I can, you know, make this less scalable now, right? But accommodate some of the bigger concerns, right? In order for me to at least deliver something rather than like, you know, deliver perfection, which will never happen anyways, right? There's like, yeah. there's so much of this that people get bogged down by that they get stuck in this, like this trough where you never make mm. it to senior for a long time. People are intermediates for a very long time because That's of a good that. point. Yeah. And I think that is probably one of the biggest, biggest hurdles to overcome, right? And it's hard. I understand, right? Imposter syndrome is crazy. But like yeah. at the same time, the way through that is not going to be to become the greatest engineer you can, like in terms of just technical. Mm. You could, and there are yeah. definitely places where you can do that, right? But 95% of the companies you work at are probably not going to be like that. If you're in the yeah. fangs, even then, like they do have an extremely high requirement for your technical ability, but they expect you to be good at everything else too. They're yeah. not just going to be like, oh, Literally, this guy's yeah, it's brilliant. Insane. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Yeah. They're not I just going to expect you to be brilliant and like get code in a corner. No, no, no. You're still no. going to have to be very good at delivering business value through engineering. And I think that is a very, very important thing. And those are the people who earn the, the largest paychecks, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Again, exactly. bringing solutions to problems. Right. So, uh, yeah. so for me, it's really funny because that that's what I've learned for me. My biggest problem was not over communicating my solutions, just letting someone, you know, make the decision, even though I might think, you know, something better held that back. Um, even when it comes to, even when I first joined Airbyte, I know what makes good content on YouTube, but not really defending my views, believing what I know works or not. And so now I'm doing that. And like, for example, you see those podcasts I'm doing on my I, I work and they, and they said, Chris, we need more technical podcasts. And I'm like, no, People want to know the people behind the company. I'm, just let me interview these people who work here. That's going to do really well. No, Chris. And so I just did it without the permission. <laughs> I just started no. interviewing people. Hey, we're going to start something. And now, like, for example, the last interview got 1,000 views, which is pretty good for a company, a channel that only has 1,400 views, like uh, subscribers. So, mm. yeah, like taking initiative and showing the way they can solve problems and that just bring, that just raise, you know, when it comes to like NBA draft, players have stock value raise your stock value yeah. in that company and what you contribute and stuff but but same thing with engineering etc um i agree 100 percent. gosh yeah. this was a fun conversation i had a lot of fun was there anything that else you wanted to say before anything else you want to say out here on the podcast before we end it anything you want to bring up i think probably just that like especially for people trying to come into this industry yeah just know that you have value of some kind. You just have to figure out how to find the right expression for it within this mm -hmm. industry, right? There's, there's numerous paths that you can take in order to find a very successful career in this industry. And don't be afraid to realize that you don't like engineering either. Like, you know, people come in for the money and we've convinced ourselves that we have to, <laughs> yeah, you know, we have to love engineering, but it's not like that. There's, there's yeah. numerous ways to succeed and do very well in this industry for not just yourself, but the businesses that are hiring mm -hmm. you too. And you just have to figure that out. And a lot of times yeah. it might be painful, but it's it's worth it in the end. That is such a good point because I mean I love tech. I like I like writing code. But if I had to choose between writing code, you know, all day or DevRel where I create content that can help people better use products or whatever, and I can still code there, I choose DevRel any day. I'm a software engineer, mm. but I don't consider myself to be the best software engineer. And it's probably because I focus more on YouTube than coding. 
to be honest if i didn't have youtube i'd be way better but no regrets <laughs> so yeah. I, I i learned what i really love which is making content and we'll see how long how far that can take me if not i can go back in software engineering and yeah. code nine to five but yeah that is all that's exactly. such good advice thank you for sharing that oh my gosh yihua yihua wait hold on right i said that right yihua yeah you got it okay yeah. okay cool cool so like a cowboy's um, yihua but you flip yihua. <laughs> yihua um thank you so much for being on it is there anywhere that people can find you in case they don't know you outside of dtm your twitter you name it i'm i'm really not active on social media I, uh-huh. I'm, kind, I'm kind of like going i'm kind of like a social media go, purge type of type you're of going thing. the andre route okay okay yeah i think like andre and i both connect on that it's just like i feel like <laughs> we're just very much like don't go on social media don't let that impact like you know your energy at least yeah. at least until I figure out how to better manage my own energy that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly ZTM. Uh, we have our Discord, right? If you're in yes. there, you can always ping me. Um, otherwise, I mean, if you find a way, if you find me, right, and you message me, uh, I might respond. It just depends on what you're asking, right? So yeah. there, there are, it just, it depends at the end of the day, right? Like it's about energy, I think. <laughs> I tried doing research on you. I couldn't. I could barely find you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. tried doing research on you. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. um, that makes sense now. That makes sense. I, okay, I, I you know what? I'm I, I'm starting a podcast soon. I think myself. Except mm. it'll be more around like a holistic, like being a holistic person, like an yeah. like a well-rounded, multifaceted person. Software is just what I do per se. Part, but yeah. I think like much of life is about being a well-rounded individual and figuring out that than that i think so once that comes out you know um, Yo, you shouldn't you should invite me i'd be more than happy to be on there a hundred percent one hundred percent i'm so curious to talk more to you chris this is this has been so good to me not just in terms of our conversation but i'm glad that we connected because i'm very curious to get to know you more yeah no same here um awesome dude well Ihua, thank you so much for being this podcast uh for everyone who's watching right now um i guess you can't find you anywhere so just hit him up on on, on discord and Yeah, I'll see y'all next time.